the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning, eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we're underway on a Tuesday. It's the 30th and final morning of the month of November in the year of our Lord, 2021. And we have a very important show for you today. Coming up in about a half an hour at 9.35, we're going to check in with Grover Norquist, Americans for Tax Reform, to talk about this extraordinary tax hike that is about to hit Americans, already on its way from the passage of the infrastructure bill, and now about to go on steroids, the increase in your taxes, if the build back better bogus broke Brandon trash bill is passed by the United States Senate. That's just the reality of the situation, my friends. It is that dire. Your taxes are about to go through the roof. And worse than that, uh, they have absolutely no positive impact on what your daily life looks like whatsoever. This is all about an agenda. It is all about the Green New Deal. It is all about nation, uh, or excuse me, uh, globalism. And quite frankly, we are in very serious jeopardy if it passes. So Grover Norquist is going to talk to us about what the taxes uh, look like for the corporate at the corporate level, what the taxes would look like at the individual level, and how that's going to impact our lives. That's coming up at 9.35. Then at 10.10, you know what today is. It's a special day because it's a Tuesday, and that makes it a Kersenow day. Peter Kersenow will be with us at 10.10 to talk about all of the morning's top news. And quite frankly, there is a lot of very serious news that we have to discuss. Uh, and I'm going to get into some of that in the top of in the uh, top of the show monologue here in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to start our day correctly. Yesterday we kind of got into it about 20 minutes before we did our pledge of allegiance. So let's start our broadcast with our pledge. If you are a patriot, and I know that you are, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, I know what you are. Stand wherever you may be. 
I don't care if you're listening on your iPod, uh, your uh, iPhone or your uh, your smartphone and you have earbuds in, and people in the restaurant right now as you sit there and have morning coffee wondering why you're standing up and putting your hand on your heart, I don't care. Do it. And I know people who do it in their own living rooms. I know people who do it wherever they may be. And I love you for it. I respect you for it. People tell me all the time. So let's stand. Let's put our hands on our heart wherever we may, wherever we may be and join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. Leftists, Biden voters, Marxists, we know how you feel about this country. You are excused. You may go ahead and take your obligatory knee. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. There's that word again, liberty, one that we used to, and I'll be frank, I'll be 100% honest with you, we used to take it for granted in this country. You see, as Americans, we have been granted something that quite seriously and literally no one else in the world has been granted, and that is a degree of freedom, a level of liberty that puts us in charge of not only our own lives, but quite frankly, it puts us in charge of our government. The way our country was founded was unlike any other. Not to say that the people in you know many Western European countries are enslaved and thus not free. I'm not suggesting that, but there is a degree of liberty and opportunity here that is just simply not available anywhere else. I've gone down this road before. I won't go into the full uh, explanation again, but there's a reason why they don't call it the Italian dream. There's a reason why there's no one has, has ever discussed the German dream or the British dream or the Somalian dream or the pick a continent. I don't care. There's something called the American dream. This is where people come from around the world to pursue their dreams. They're dreams and opportunities that you just don't have anywhere else. So what I'm trying to say by that is we as Americans are privileged. Now, you'll hear race baiters and racial arsonists all over this country right now because it's the vogue thing to do to demonize whiteness, to blame white people for being white, to tell them that they are inherently to their core, to their DNA, racist and that they take advantage of their white privilege. You hear this all the time, right? I'm here to tell you that there is privilege. But it's not racial privilege. It's not ethnic privilege. It's not even wealth or class privilege. There is something called privilege in this country, and it is American privilege. Because we were born here, we have that degree of liberty that I just described that is really available nowhere else in the world. And because we were born into that privilege, we kind of don't realize how what it really means and what it stands for. We don't really understand how much better we have it than a lot of other people until we either, A, go and experience life in some of those other countries that do not have American privilege, or we welcome people from those other countries here, legally, of course, not illegally, but legally, we welcome them as they emigrate to the United States and they tell us the stories of their homeland and why they fought and risked their lives to get to this country, why they were willing to wait eight or nine years for a process to work to welcome them for it to be their turn. And we hear the stories, the horrific stories of tyrannical authoritarian governments, socialist policies, 
communism. We hear how people's lives are just devastated because of what their government does to them. And when we hear from them, then, then if we're paying attention, we realize how American-privileged we are. That Then and only then can we really truly understand it when we listen to the, the horror stories of people in other countries and we say, boy, I sure am glad I was born here in the land of the free and the home of the brave, in the land of liberty and justice for all, right? Well, because we have that privilege, a lot of us kind of forget what it means to keep it and what it's going to take to hold on to it. And this is what we're finding out. That if we don't do everything within our power to hold on to it, it will be stripped away from us. It is. It has been. And it will continue to be. The latest example is our top story, of course, today, which is the Omicron variant. Some call it Omicron. I don't like that, I don't like that, that uh, pronunciation, so I'm going to go with Omicron because that's how it looks to me. If there was an N there, if it was Omni, I would give it the Om, but I'm not. There isn't, so it's Omicron as far as I'm concerned. At any rate, what do we know? about the latest COVID variant, the latest attempt by the federal government and by world governments and by big pharmaceutical company CEOs to scare the bejesus out of us. What do we know? Well, we know this. We know that the Omicron variant was first uh, found or discovered or reported in South Africa. What else do we know? How easily is it spread? We don't know. They have acknowledged the World Health Organization for what that political body, not health-minded medical body, but the World Health Organization is a political body. They say they really don't know how um, infectious it is going to be. Remember what they said about the Delta variant. They said it's super, super more infectious than the OG uh, coronavirus, the COVID-19, as we know it. They said it's much more infectious, but the symptoms are milder. So in other words, not a lot of people, they said, were going to be have to worry about being hospitalized or dying with the Delta variant. Okay. Well, when it comes to the Omicron variant, what they're saying now is they don't know if it's just as infectious as Delta, if it's more or less infectious than the original COVID. They just don't know. But what they are reporting as it, as it uh, pertains to the symptoms and the severity of the virus, they are reporting that it is not serious at all. That the symptoms are mild. Scientists have said so far there are zero reported serious illnesses associated with the Omicron variant. Although the evidence at this very early stage of its, uh, (laughs) dare I say, discovery or its production... And I'm going to say that, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of leave it a little bit open-ended there. I'm not going to make a declarative and say that this is intentional, and this is full-on propaganda, and they had to produce a new variant in order to keep their boot on the neck of the American people. I'm not going to say that directly as a declarative, but I'm going to ask it as an interrogative. Was and is this variant discovered or produced? I don't know yet. And the real issue here is, of course, how do you know if you have the Omicron variant or the Delta variant or the original COVID-19 if you test positive? Because to this date, there is zero way for them to tell whether you have COVID from the original or from the Delta variant. There's no test for Delta, and there is no test for Omicron. 
It's just, oh, you're positive for coronavirus. And since the Delta variant has been spreading, we're going to assume it's Delta. Now which one are they going to assume? And if Omicron is going to be blamed for the new rash of positive tests and cases, are they going to declare uh, Delta dead? Is the Delta variant gone now? Did it run its course? And now it's uh, the, the Omicron? Is that the way this is going to work? We don't know, and they don't know, because they have no earthly idea, no earthly idea how uh, 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 easy or difficult it is for this to be transmitted and spread. We also don't know, again, if there will be serious symptoms, severe symptoms that, that result from this. But we, what we do know is that as of the moment, at this moment, there are zero cases of severe disease with this particular uh, variant that have been reported. People are getting essentially colds with what they are calling the Omicron variant, even though they admit they can't tell whether you have Omicron, but they're saying people are testing positive and it's not serious. They're not having to go to the hospital. It's essentially like a cold. The chairwoman of the South African Medical Association and the doctor credited with credited with credited with alerting authorities to the discovery of uh, of Omicron said she has seen zero severely ill patients struck by the variant. Her name is Angelique Coetzee. She said she has seen no reason whatsoever to panic over the spread of the variant, which has produced symptoms such as fatigue and body aches. Eh, oh, well, well, you know, deal with this, this scourge of humanity. We've got fatigue and body aches and maybe cold-like symptoms and nothing more. This is, this is uh, the doctor herself. Looking at the mildness of the symptoms that we are seeing, Currently, there is no reason for panicking as we don't see severely ill patients. I also checked with the hospitals, some of the hospitals in my area, and one of the biggest hospitals, they only have one patient currently that's COVID positive on a ventilator, and they don't even know whether it's COVID, uh, you know, it's Delta or whether it is um, Omicron. Boom. They have one patient in the largest hospital in South Africa, or in her area of South Africa, one patient that's on a ventilator and in the hospital, and they have no idea which kind of COVID that this particular person has. And yet, the fear-mongering has begun. It's begun in earnest on the American left politically and in the American media. Dare I say, it has begun in earnest on this very station, on this very network. I, my, I, sometimes I can't understand these things because I'm not as smart as other people, but the fear-mongering is going on even right here. Earl, I'd walk out in the White House and say, nobody closed schools. This virus doesn't hurt kids. Nobody locked down the economy. People can make their own decisions about when and where to shop. But if you're a senior citizen or medically fragile, you've got to be aware there's a new disease. It's called a variant. But there's a new disease that could put you in a hospital and in dire conditions. Luckily, we have new therapeutics, and we're working on a new vaccine. I will never understand this point of view. I will never understand this willingness to continue to promote big pharma profit shots against science. And I know that people, including my good friend Hugh, will say that the science says that the vaccines are exactly what's required here. The science says no such thing. Cherry-picked science says that. Hand-picked science says that. 
But that cherry-picked and hand-picked science does not stand up as science because it refuses to accept the results of other scientists whose research shows something different. And particularly when they will not even acknowledge and accept natural immunity as being the true best um, uh, resource, if you will, in fighting any and all of the COVID variants. I just could not believe it when, when, you know, when, when my friend said, hey, uh, if you're a senior citizen, you have to treat this like a new disease, different than, than, than COVID. Treat it like a new disease, and it could hospitalize you and put you in dire straits. There is zero, zero evidence of that. There is zero evidence that the Omicron can put you in the hospital and, and in dire straits and threaten your life. The scientists who discovered it and reported it tell you that there are zero cases of extreme symptoms that have been discovered or that have been observed or that have been treated due to quote-unquote Omicron. And yet we're screaming to continue the vaccine, the non-vaccine, the profit shot and booster program. This despite the fact that both Pfizer and Moderna, the two biggest cartels in big pharma, and that's kind of what I relate them to. They're like drug cartels. Pfizer and Moderna are both saying, yeah, this, uh, this Omicron thing is probably going to be resistant to our current vaccines. Give us a few weeks. Give us a couple of months, and we'll produce new ones. And everybody that is part of the propaganda hysteria is saying, all right, our heroes are coming. New vaccines are coming. Are they really just going to ignore the fact that this is a massive profit-making scheme by these cartels? That the Moderna CEO who came out today and said, or yesterday and said, he's very doubtful that the current crop of COVID-19 pseudo-vaccines will be as effective as the Omicron variant as they have been against Delta. Well, first of all, I would like to take issue with the suggestion that they have been successful and effective against Delta. Because they haven't. Because millions of people who are currently vaccinated are getting uh, 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 COVID-19. Whether it be Delta or original or the new one, the Omicron propaganda uh, uh, virus or variant, they don't know. But millions of people with double vaccinations are not protected they're not inoculated and not only this the other argument they say about these current vaccines get yourself vaccinated get the double dose and then get the booster get all three of them my friend hugh says this every day go get go go get them go get them because they're going to at least stop you uh even if they don't stop you from getting sick it'll stop you from being hospitalized it'll stop you from dying well let's ask the former director of the cdc let's ask him about that shall we a lot of times people feel it's a rare event that fully vaccinated people may die. I happen to be the senior advisor to Governor Hogan in the state of Maryland. Uh, in the last six to eight weeks, uh, more than 40% of the people that died in Maryland were fully vaccinated. Dr. Robert Redfield, former director of the CDC, now working in Maryland, more than 40% of COVID deaths, not cases, deaths, were people who were fully vaccinated. You think that's unique to Maryland? You don't think that is going on in other states as well? I guarantee you it is. And yet the, the propaganda campaign and the fear-mongering is 
off and running. It's in full force, even in places where you wouldn't expect it to be. All right, it's 925. Wow, totally didn't, didn't even look at the clock. I'm so wrapped up in this. I do want to hear from you. 216 I'll, I'll be right back. I mean, it is, uh, it is alarming to me how many people will just ignore this very simple and basic uh, and easily provable fact that Moderna and Pfizer are the first ones to publicly say, yeah, uh, uh, Omicron, really different, really different. And the boosters we've been, uh, or excuse me, the uh, shots we've been telling you to get for the last year and a half, uh, well, uh, they, they won't work. They won't, won't work against Omicron. It's different, you see. And the booster, the booster won't stop it either. The booster, um, it'll help you against regular COVID and maybe against the, the, the Delta, but, but not against Omicron. So we're going to give you new ones. We're going to build a new shot for you. Give us 100 days. This is what Pfizer said. Give us 100 days, we'll have a new shot that'll, that'll, that'll help you against Omicron too. And then today, Moderna CEO gets into it. Jumps right into the act. Yeah, um, we don't think it's going to work on uh, our our our, our uh, Moderna uh, shot is going to work on it either. So we're going to continue to work on that too. This is not going to be good. This is going to be really bad. This is going to be so bad. In fact, you know, we're going to have to work on another shot. We're going to speed it up as fast as we oh, Operation Warp Speed. Woo! Part two. We're going to get you ready for Omicron. This is what they are doing now, and nobody is going to talk about the fifth. billion per quarter that Pfizer is making selling these non-vaccine shots, that Moderna is making selling these non-vaccine shots, and now they see their gravy train running to an end as herd immunity starts to take effect, and they see people uh, pushing back and slowing down, not getting the boosters at the level that they want. So we got to come up with something. Oh, the booster, yeah. You know, um, that that's not going to work anyway. We're going to come up with a whole new round, and everybody's going to start from ground zero again. And the 80-plus million vaccinated or shot-taking Americans, uh, yeah, well, we're going to be back to zero because they didn't take a shot against Omicron. How long are we going to allow this to go on? How long are we going to surrender our own liberties in the face of this fear porn that is being pushed by the mainstream media and even such some of the non-mainstream media, including my friends, who I have just tremendous amounts of respect for, but who continue to join in this fear campaign without science being on their side. It's not about science. Say it with me. It's about compliance. And a compliant people is a an enslaved people. A compliant people is it's 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 not a free people. Are we free people? We're gonna talk more about this with Kersenau after the top of the hour, but coming up next, Grover Norquist will join us to talk taxes and what's being done to our country in the face of rampant inflation and higher taxes on its way. That's coming up next day in fourteen twenty the answer. That's all there's love. two sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth 
You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. All right, 937. We continue on AM 1420. The Answer. Good uh, Tuesday to you. Don't forget, Curse Now comes your way with me at 1010 this morning. And I know he's loaded for bear, just as I am over this uh, Omicron garbage and uh, what they're trying to do to us. What is Joe Biden, Brandon, whatever you want to call him, trying to do to us with his uh, extraordinary tax and spend bills? Well, you know what he's trying to do. He is trying to literally, fundamentally transform this country. And one of the ways he's going to do that is to tax the middle class, essentially, out of existence. Um, The middle class is going to be hurt the most by the... Two things. Number one, the Build Back Better bill that passed the House and that may indeed pass. Do not take for granted Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. May indeed pass the Senate as well. As the Green New Deal energy is pushed in, middle class can't afford the gas bill at the pumps. They can't afford to heat their homes, whether you use heating oil or whether you use uh, 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 natural gas or propane or what have you. Doesn't matter. It's all going to be skyrocketing. And now, They're going to take more money from your paychecks by sicking the IRS on you in ways that that has never been done before. Joe Biden's recent uh, bill uh, sets aside $1.93 billion for the IRS to provide taxpayer services to help them figure out how to do their tax return. Do you think they're going to help you find refunds? No, they're going to take more and more money away from you. Joining us now to tell us the danger of all of this is the president of Americans for Tax Reform, uh, Grover Norquist. Grover, good to have you back here in Cleveland. How are you? Oh, I'm doing extremely well. Good to be with you, Bob. Good to be with you, too. Let's talk about the IRS being uh, now essentially weaponized in a similar way to the way the FBI has been weaponized against regular uh, middle-class Americans. Uh, But let's talk about what Biden's plan is here to sick the FBI on, you know, they keep saying we want the rich to pay their fair share. This is what this is about. It's about going after rich corporations that aren't paying anything. Uh, That's the only reason we're trying to uh, buff up the, uh, you know, the IRS's uh, roster. Uh, That's not true, is it, Grover? (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, when a politician says, I'm going to tax the rich, he hasn't finished the sentence. The sentence ends, and then you. Uh, so when they come up with a new tax, oh, like the income tax in uh, 1913, yeah, the income tax, they said, it's only going to hit 3% of the population. And you have to make $11 million in today's dollars to pay the top rate of 7%. Today, the Bottom rate is 15%. About half the country gets hit by it. Uh, but that was a tax that was put in, tax on rich people. becomes a tax on everybody. But the other lie that they tell um, is that taxes on corporations are going to be paid by General Motors. Well, General Motors only gets money from selling cars. Uh, and the economists point out that 70% of the cost of the corporate income tax is when you go to a company and say, hi, we're going to take a million dollars from your company. Where's that money come from? 70% comes from lower pay and fewer workers. And so it comes straight out of uh, working men and women's paychecks because the, the company doesn't have it anymore. The government took it. They're not being mean. You know, somebody came into your house and took, you know, $100 from you. You'd have to not spend money on other things. And what companies do mostly is hire people. That's the biggest expense uh, for any uh, company. Uh, and now, of course, they're going, well, you know, we're going to hire a bunch of IRS agents. They'll only go after them. Here's the problem. That's what Biden says. But the IRS itself says they're going after 1.2 million uh, small businessmen and women, 
that they're focused on uh, small businesses. That's their target. They can take ramp up the number of small businesses they audit. These are nail salons. These are barber shops. These are grocery stores. Uh, they tend to be cash businesses. And, and so the IRS is quite convinced um, <clears throat> that, that, that they looked at all this stuff. They, they get all this money from small neighborhood businesses. They already super audit the Fortune 500s. Everybody with a billion dollars, you know, has their own personal collection of IRS agents going after them. That's, that's dumb. That's not something that never, nobody ever thought of before. Uh, what they want to go after is lower income people. Let's say you got a letter from the IRS. You owe us $2,000, buddy. You want to go hire a lawyer for $5,000 to contest that, or you just write the check? And then the IRS will go, see, we caught another bad guy. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he confessed by paying us. Yeah, and then and then you're probably on their radar so that every year they're going to audit, well, if not audit, they're going to look very, very closely at your return, again, with this massive new staff of thousands and thousands of, of, of new auditors and agents with the IRS, uh, and, and you're going you're gonna to be, you know, you're going to be targeted again in the future. Um, I, w- I want to talk about um, the impact on the American taxpayer of the, the Green New Deal that is being promised or that is being pushed in this Build Back Better uh, Broke Bonanza. Um, many people, many experts in the field, Grover, have suggested that what they are doing right now to increase energy costs is intentional. It is intentional. Joe Biden is going to try to make it look like he cares about gas prices by that ridiculously meaningless 50 uh, million barrel uh, uh, release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. But the reality is they love the fact that gas is pushing up to four bucks a gallon in Ohio, six and seven bucks in California. They love that heating uh, costs are going to be up through the roof during this winter because they want people to eventually get so tired of those bills with their fossil fuels that they will embrace the Green New Deal and that they will be willing to pay a carbon tax because a carbon tax may be less than uh, you know than what their current gas prices are. Do you believe that the the uh, administration and not just the administration, but people who are behind the scenes pulling some of the strings that they are intentionally harming Americans through these energy policies in order to advance mm-hmm. their 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 green agenda? Yes, they have to to do what they say they want to do. They want to replace efficient energy, nuclear coal, gas, natural gas, uh, oil, with less efficient and therefore much more expensive energy. It's a lot more expensive to create energy with solar power and then put it in a battery and then precipitate somewhere because it only works when the sun's out, or wind power, which is very, very inefficient. The reason why we don't look like Holland with windmills everywhere is that everything else is more efficient, okay? Americans use the most efficient uh, electric power and transportation power that they can, and that is fossil fuels, nuclear, and other things. Uh, They want it to go away from the the low-cost energy to high-cost energy. So what they have to do is tax real energy to make it appear, oh, this is is just like uh, uh, solar power. It's the same price. Why? We subsidize the solar prices by tax the American people, take their money, and pay off Solyndra and other guys um, to make solar power or wind power or something like that. Um, I mean, water power actually is pretty efficient. They don't like that anymore because <laughs> they've just decided they'd, that's no good. That, that's not renewable somehow. Um, they they want to force you into solar and wind. But there's some people who profit from that too, but anyway, there's some theory about that. Uh, I like 
water power, you know, <laughs> uh, generates a lot of energy when, when water flows down the stream. And it's, it's endless. It keeps going every time it rains. Uh, and it's clean as can be, for heaven's sake. They don't like it. So they want to raise the price of real energy in order to make uh, political energy, which solar and, and, and wind only survives with subsidies. So the solar industry is in Washington, D.C., giving money to politicians. That's a good sign for the politicians. They like industries that come and give money in order to get something back because that means they'll contribute uh, and they'll always support big government uh, and because they're part of big government. And they have an industry that, absent big government subsidies, would not exist as it presently does. I mean, there'd be some areas, but not the kind of size and scope and cost that they're that they're working on. So, yes. Remember when the Secretary of Energy, the lady who used to be uh, uh, Governor of Michigan, Granholm, Jennifer Granholm, to get, yeah, what, what are you going to do to get prices down? And she laughed in the face of the person who asked the stupid question. Of course, I'm not going to get the prices down. The point is to make the cost of energy go up, so that when we shift well, that, that was about to, a week before. That was about a week before she was asked, "Do you know how many uh, barrels of oil America consumes every day? America uses every day?" And she had no earthly idea. She knew. She just did not want to say it because the answer is about twenty and a half million barrels, which means the fifty million barrel release to try to help Americans and their put their price at the gas pump is two and a half days worth of oil. In other words, it's meaningless. It's symbolic. It's just a gesture, a, vir- a, a virtue signal to say, look, I care. Here, we're going to release some oil for you. It was going to do nothing for us, and she didn't want to admit it, which is why she said, no, I don't have that number. Yes. It's entirely possible, by the way, she doesn't know those numbers. She wasn't brought in because she's an expert on energy. She's brought in because she's a political hack and will do what she's told. Uh, And they don't have to know those numbers in order to make decisions because they're not making the decisions based off on how to keep energy costs down for the American people. One of the things right. that, that Trump did very seriously was keep our energy costs down, because we can compete as Americans on being low cost on energy, low cost on taxes, low cost on regulations. What the Democrats want us to do is have high taxes, high energy costs, high regulations, low wages. That's how we'll compete with China, drive wages down. They're not willing to take taxes down. They're not willing to take the regulatory costs down. They don't want the energy costs to go up, not down. Uh, so what, what, what gives? Wages go down. That's what happens. We want to compete on the most efficient, low taxes, the most efficient, reasonable uh, regulations, and the lowest cost energy that we can get so we can compete while we have high wages, not sacrificing high wages. Grover, last question about this. I need a reaction from you on is Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary. Little Petey says, families who buy electric cars never have to worry about gas prices again. So in other words, if you don't like those prices at the pump, get rid of your, your evil in, uh, you know, internal combustion engine and get yourself into an electric vehicle. How do you respond to that coming from the transportation secretary? That is one of the most dishonest things he's ever said. Uh, what you're talking about is you're moving. The reason why they have to force people to buy electric cars, subsidize them, require it, mandate that the car companies make it, and then have these massive subsidies right now for rich people who can afford very expensive cars like that, um, is that it costs more <laughs> to have. Like, and they want the cost of energy, electric energy, which is what goes into an electric car as opposed to gasoline. They they're driving that price up by saying we're going to make that stuff out of wind and solar. So, you know, it's not like 
it's less expensive to use electricity when the left is trying to make electricity as expensive or more expensive uh, because of how they make it, right? They're not doing, they're not doing nuclear. They're not doing coal. They want to do the make-believe energy that requires subsidies. How inefficient is it? Well, if you have to subsidize it, it's pretty expensive. That's right. That's, that's a great point. And, you know, the other part of it is, you know, their whole goal here, if you believe it at all, and I don't, if they're all worried about the climate and uh, not using fossil fuel, how are these electric car batteries made again? In what kind of plants? Coal-fired plants. We're not going to dig any less in mine, any less for coal. We're not going to use any less petroleum because it's still a huge part of ever, our everyday lives, whether it's in our uh, cars or not. Uh, and unless they find a way to windmill power an airplane, we're still going to need jet fuel, for crying out loud. Well, and that coal, those coal-fired plants that are being built uh, are in China. Of course, and so, that's where, and all, that's by the way, the, where the mines are as well for the for the cobalt and for the manganese and all of the other things that they need to build these batteries. All of these very important uh, um, uh, minerals and 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 you know so sources that they need to build these electric car batteries. Uh, we don't have those. We don't have those in abundance under American soil. It's under foreign soil, including Asian soil, including African soil, and around and South American soil. And by the way, they're sending little kids down there. You know, we're so worried about human rights here in the United States. But they want to go ahead and and triple, quadruple, and and ten times the amount of electric vehicles is going to mean ten times the amount of little kids in little poor countries being sent down into these uh, into these into these holes to come out with uh, as much of this material as they possibly can. Never worry, never mind about the black lung disease that they get. Never mind the extraordinary danger that opposes to them. We don't care about human rights anywhere else. Only what if, we say here. If you're John Kerry and you want a virtue signal while you fly around in your jet. You really don't care who gets hurt. You just want to look like message, I care. Whether or not, as you point out, it actually makes the world safer, cleaner, (laughs) Um, is not important. They get to go to dinner parties and tell everybody they care, unlike those awful coal miners and people who are working for a living. Grover Norquist, the president of Americans for Tax Reform, all over it this morning, as always. Grover, thanks so much for the time. You got it. Thank you. Uh, 9.51. We'll take a time out here. Kersenow, after the top of the hour, he's loaded up. And uh, let's spend the next segment with you at 216-901-0945. Dial now. Okay, it's 9.55. Kirsten now after the top of the hour. Charlie in Westlake right now. Hey, Charlie, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. Thank you for taking the call. Great show. I, I know Grover Norquist. I used to be his driver when he came to the city club. Cool. But, uh, yeah, just a good guy. Way ahead of his time. I was thinking, I, you know, I'm watching Face of the Nation, Dr. Fauci, and he constantly steers everyone away from the lab. No, we don't know that. It's we will never know that he's just he's like a shill. Either he's avoiding his own responsibility or he's doing it for the Chinese. But it's, he's a liar. He twists his words 
He's ridiculous. I, I well, can't believe he's still employed. And it's one thing for him to lie on TV with every interview he does, and that's okay. Uh, it's not okay. It's misinformation. It's dangerous, and we need people to clarify the, the reality of the situation. But it's different, Charlie, and thank you for the call, my friend, for him to lie to Congress, to Senate hearings. And that's what he has done consistently, particularly as it pertains to the funding of the gain-of-function research in the Wuhan labs. He is an indirect participant in the deaths of millions of people who have indeed died due to coronavirus. That's the reality. That gain-of-function research, and whether it slipped out of the lab accidentally or it was intentionally released on the planet, which I believe it was by the Chinese Communist government, um, either way, Dr. Fauci had a hand in it, and he has continually lied about it and been caught, proven to have lied about it. And yet he sits there and continues to wear his uh, his uh, Pope hat as the, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's the Pope of, of infectious disease research. He's the Grand Poobah. Steve is in uh, Collinwood. Hey, Steve, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, the president said not to panic. He thinks Americans should calmly go to the store and buy all the paper, toilet paper that they can. It, it seems like we're going to go through. You know, this is the new wave. And the only safe thing to do is clear the shelves of toilet paper because that's the only thing that seems to get attention. And also, the president said not to panic because Democrats don't panic over the pandemic. There's only one thing that makes Democrats panic. You know what that is. Um, Donald Trump? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve, you, it's a great point. Thanks for the call. When he went out there yesterday and said, we're not going to, you know, it's a reason for concern, but not a reason for panic, and we're not going to do any lockdowns right now. Do you know why he's not going to call for lockdowns right now? Because it will have the same result that we had in 2020 when Donald Trump was in office. Lockdowns shut down the American economy. It puts millions of Americans out of work. It puts millions of school children uh, in their homes. It crushes American business. It crushes American economy. And he can't have that headed into the midterm elections. He can't have the economy grinding to a halt the way it did the first time around. He's just now bragging about all of these jobs that he's, quote, creating, which we know is a joke. When you... When you take the jobs away from tens of millions of Americans by saying if you're a non-essential worker, you have to stay home. And if you're a non-essential business, you have to close. And you take those jobs away from the American workers for months and months and months and months. And then when the lockdown ends and they're allowed to go back to work, you don't get to take credit for the creation of those jobs. It's just a return to the jobs that had to be vacated because of the lockdowns in the blue states primarily uh, for the first time around. So he, that's the reason he's saying, don't panic yet, we're not going to have a lockdown. But I got bad news for you. I got bad news for you. Some of the globalists to whom Joe Biden is attached at the hip feel differently. The World Medical Association share is now demanding national lockdowns, compulsory jabs, and says that the new Omicron or Omicron variant is as dangerous as Ebola. You talk about fear-mongering and propaganda on some steroids. Frank Ulrich Montgomery is the chairman of the World Medical Association, which is a global physician's society. And he told German reporters yesterday 
that Omicron could be as dangerous as the Ebola virus. And as such, we must avoid any form of crowd in the coming weeks. We must close markets nationwide. Christmas markets, nope, can't go to the stores. Games, sorry seasons, suspended. They want lockdowns on a global scale. We'll see how long Joe Biden, who is beholden to these types of globalists, we'll see how long he's able and willing to resist that call. 10 o'clock, news time now. More of this and more uh, very important information and uh, topics of discussion coming your way with Kersenow after the top of the hour. AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.